Stay on top of all meaningful top trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Tweet at SAFM Radio and at Songhezumabete. The CGS is one of the National Science Councils of South Africa and is the legal predecessor to the Geological Survey of South Africa, which was formed in 1912 by the amalgamation of three former surveys, the oldest of which the Geological Commission of the Cape of Good Hope, which was founded in, 19, in 1895, incidentally. The CGS is enunciated by the Geosciences Act as amended to conduct geoscience research in the onshore and offshore territories of South Africa with the stated intention to utilize geoscience data and information for, among others, minerals development, groundwater mapping, infrastructure, land use, community safety, and enhancing diplomatic relations through geoscience. Now, the Council has previously hosted three successful summits in the years 2016, 17, and 19. 2021, the CGS hosted the Biennial Summit. Now, they are currently in Durban from the 25th to the 27th of October, celebrating 110 years at the Geoscience Summit. Dr. Koza is on the line, David Koza, Executive Manager for Integrated Geosciences Development at the CGS. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SFM. Good evening, sir. Good evening to you and good evening to the listeners. It's a good time to be talking about the work that you as an entity are doing. I unfortunately have not previously engaged yourselves, but hey, we are having the conversation now. So perhaps please give us an overview of the work of the council, its value to society, and especially to how we engage our earth, our earth from a commercial perspective, our earth in relation to environmental management, and also the kind of research that is available through your work that can be used, if for nothing else, at a minimum for academic enhancement. In other words, from your response, give us a better sense of what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, pretty much everything comes from the rocks, um, and um, it is it is the stated intent of the the Council for Geoscience to understand um, what the rocks uh, tell us and what we can gain uh, from them, uh, and especially tell on issues related to economic de- development. So we're looking at you know, issues around where groundwater resources uh, would be, where the mineral resources would be, where would be the appropriate areas uh, for infrastructure development. And all of that uh, depends on us uh, looking at the rocks and understanding uh, the types of rocks that we have across uh, South Africa, uh, both onshore and offshore. Um, and, and the Council for Geoscience um, you know, is systematically mapping um, South Africa's uh, geology um, to, that, to that effect, to understand uh, the key economic drivers. And over the last 110 years, uh, you know, the Council for Geoscience has been doing a fantastic work uh, in contributing to economic development. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's information that Council for Geoscience has not been able to publicly display and, and you know, through this uh, uh, Geoscience Summit that we have in Durban over the next three days, um, it is really to celebrate um, those achievements and work that still uh, lies ahead. South Africa, certainly in many respects, and I don't imagine from your response in this respect, we wouldn't in the proverbial sense be punching above our weight. Could you talk to us about some of the achievements of the Council in the last century 
and a decade that really have paved the way for global development, in particularly the extractions industry. We have high intensive mining activities in this country and we are world leaders in many respects, particularly in this democratic dispensation where we have seriously um, done a lot to eat into from a mining practice perspective as to the casualties that the mining industry itself experiences. So South Africa, relative to what its stated intention is for the geosciences establishment and the work that it does and how it proliferates into the global context, highlight to us things that we can actually be pounding our chests about. Absolutely. So if you look at you know issue, issues around um, energy security, um, you know right now we have you know, quite a lot of uh, load shedding and, you know, for, for different reasons. But, you know, the Council for Geoscience um, initially, uh, you know, over the last um, over the last um, hundred years uh, has been mapping areas where we could uh, locate these core resources. You know, South Africa is uh, a mining economy uh, by, by large. You know, whether you're looking at platinum, whether you're looking at gold, um, some of those areas were found by geoscientists uh, you know, working uh, at the Council for Geoscience, um, and and to that end, you know, the the the, the NCT has really um, contributed quite a bit uh, to to the development of the economy, and that's just on on energy security. And then you look at you know issues around uh, groundwater development or infrastructure uh, development. You know, some of the major uh, infrastructure projects that have happened uh, in South Africa have been as a result of information that has been published uh, by the Council for Geoscience. You know, whether you're building a bridge, you're building a road, low-cost housing, um, all of those uh, decisions were made based on information that the Council for Geoscience has collected and interpreted and made available uh, for, 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 for usage by various uh, stakeholders. As somebody who has just heard that response, and then when you talk about groundwater in the advent of some of the nation's water challenges, and I know we might be straddling in a territory that might not necessarily be yours, to the extent that you are not in a position to respond as fully as perhaps I might just want you to, you obviously navigate that space. But one probably, as a South African, is worried about, if you like, water security. It might not mm -hmm. be called it, but they, we are in the realm of water shedding where we're getting notifications on this day, you will not have access to water. It's a lot of the time infrastructure issues, but in many parts of the country, they are simply having to regulate the release of water in certain communities simply because there's a fear, a genuine fear, that another day zero, as Cape Town experienced some five years ago, may beckon in those nations. I'm saying this purely from my experience coming from here, which we'll see where during the evening, I mean, at about 7, the water shuts and it comes back at 6 a.m. in the morning. This has been a pattern of the last 8 to 10 years comfortably, and people have just lived with that. Is there something that perhaps you might want to say to us in relation to the work that you guys do in relation to groundwater, just to give us a sense of comfort that we are not certainly headed for a day zero, but simply it hasn't been communicated as such? Yeah, so I think you know um, when you look at when you look at the issues around um, groundwater and, and water shedding. So it's not necessarily because um, you know the dams are dry or the dams are empty, right? So we obviously have a lot of infrastructure maintenance uh, challenges, uh, but you know sorting those out um, would definitely relieve um, a lot of the pressure on the on the water supply. But from the perspective of the Council of Geoscience, um, you know the the the, the, the mandate is. Look for areas 
uh, that water can be extracted in an environmentally friendly manner, uh, in a sustainable manner. Um, and then, you know, other 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 people, other entities uh, put in infrastructure, and those infrastructures must simply be maintained um, for us to get uh, uh, um, adequate water supply. So the challenges, especially in the housing area, they're not necessarily because of lack of groundwater um, in the bend. It's simply because, you know, we, need, we really need to do a proper job in maintaining. But I think as far as, you know, our work is concerned, um, it is simply understanding where the groundwater resources are and providing advice on how to uh, extract and, and use those water resources in a sustainable manner. We're having a conversation with Dr. David Koza, Executive Manager for Integrated Geosciences Development at the Council for Geoscience. They are 110 years old this year, having been established in 1912, following amalgamation of three entities in that time. 25 to 27 October, they are now at a geoscience summit in KZN, Durban, South Africa, bringing in everybody and anybody whose interest in the sector is relevant. Let's talk something now that, of course, is not necessarily a South African worry, but perhaps as a, a short geography lesson. One or two instances we in South Africa hear and feel tremors in the earth. Now, we're obviously talking and are in the realm of plate, tecto- plate tectonics. Fortunately, looking at the tectonic map, South Africa doesn't seem to be particularly um, in harm's way, even though we are, I mean, we are sitting on the plate that fortunately just covers the entire continent. But to our left and to the right, there is a, 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 a rift in, in the Atlantic and in the Indian Ocean, particularly alive is the one in the Indian Ocean, if you look back to 2004 and the tsunami. What should one make of these odd tremors that one would experience every now and then, and by every now and then, every one to three years here in this country? Is this something which the geoscience is concerned about, or should we be bracing ourselves for something which, at its worst, on the Richter scale, might be something that looks like what happens in Japan from time to time? Yeah, so you know um, the, the 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 good thing about um, entities like the Council for Geoscience is that they are constantly monitoring uh, um, the location of these, these earthquakes and constantly doing a lot of research in understanding the mechanisms in which they form. Um, and 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 over the last um, 110 years, information that has been collected has given us insights uh, into you know areas that we must be on the lookout for. Mm. Um, so in South Africa, as you said uh, quite correctly, that we are very lucky in a sense that from a tectonic point of view, we're sitting in a fairly stable tectonic uh, uh, um, segment or piece of rock that is that is fairly stable and doesn't move uh, that much, unlike other places in Japan and, 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 and the like. Now, that doesn't mean that um, you know we can't have devastating earthquakes. It has certainly happened before um, where we've had you know, magnitude 6 earthquakes that have resulted in a loss of life. Um, you know, but those, um, as I mentioned, you know, those type of areas, um, we 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 are we we are, we are doing quite a lot of work uh, in understanding uh, what we call the stress mechanisms uh, onto you know what, what type of earthquakes we might expect, not necessarily when we might expect because we really can predict uh, when an earthquake happens. Uh, but as part of the monitoring, we're monitoring not only um, you know um, earthquakes within the borders of South Africa, but also outside the borders of South Africa. You recall, uh, you know, during the the, the the tsunami that happened in uh, in Japan, you can have you know quite a lot of earthquakes um, on the offshore. Um, so the, some of the instruments that we have, are, we are able to locate 
um, you know, those those events that happen offshore, and we're able to monitor uh, those type of geological structures, mm, mm. Um, and, and 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 it gives us quite um, a lot of confidence in going forward, at least in mapping areas where we think there could be uh, earthquakes in the future, and we understand them. Um, so the information that we collect is is, is really very useful. Um, you know, not not particularly from a predictive uh, point of view because we can predict them, but mm. certainly knowing which areas to look out for, and then we can channel you know efforts in those type of areas. Sure, no, I appreciate that, and 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 I'm going to ask one final question, and you'll excuse me for sort of having a bit of a fruit salad type engagement with you without zoning in on any one particular issue, only because there's just so much content, and I want to give the listeners as wide an opportunity to engage some of your mandate as possible. Let's talk about sinkholes, for instance. I mean, this is something which certainly one in Gauteng, parts of Mbumalanga and Limbobo would be concerned about. I mean, 25% of these parts, or certainly Gauteng, 25% is resident on top of dolomite. And when, when we talk about dolomite, one should think of sinkholes as a very real threat. Against the fact that the geoscience really has a lot of research in relation to the strength of the earth, the relationship between the council and your municipalities from a land use perspective and, and, and the human settlements in particular, what is that relationship like that should enforce ensuring that those people who are in harm's way, that 25%, really should not be there where they should be relocated to or the reinforcements, if it is at all available from a scientific perspective, to mitigate against the potential of sinkholes? I've said a lot. Do you want to take a bite at that? Yeah, no, excellent, excellent question. Um, so um, we, we know where sinkholes happen. Right? So we know they are associated with a specific type of rock uh, called dolomite. You can actually build on dolomite. Uh, there's there's, there's uh, nothing wrong with a building on dolomite. The, the key issue is sinkholes, you know, happen happens when there's water leaks in the dolomite right so again just like with the with the with the water infrastructure if we do not maintain uh, the water infrastructure uh, the water groundwater leaks into the uh, into the dolomite that's when we have the potential for uh, for sinkholes um but what we do know is that uh, we know the extent of the dolomite layer um the do- where the dolomite is um, across the country and the interaction that we have uh, with the municipalities um, is to, to, to point them in the right direction in terms of areas that could be uh, further developed. So those areas where uh, there's already existing sinkholes, uh, we are uh, working with them in terms of relocation measures and rehabilitation uh, of the existing sinkholes. Obviously, it is, it is quite a, a costly exercise once the sinkholes have happened, but I think you know, if one looks at um, the future, uh, our role is to advise uh, the municipalities to say, this area, there is dolomite. If you're going to build on dolomite, these are the type of uh, structures, the type of web services that you must have, and they must be maintained on a regular basis. And then you won't have this uh, this, uh, this this issue. So, you know, we, we're dealing with quite a few municipalities that are uh, obviously experiencing uh, uh, sinkhole issues, and we're advising them according to our knowledge of the, of the geology. No, certainly I appreciate that. And the question is, I suppose, at what stage of this engagement are you coming in? Is it after the land itself has been earmarked, sufficiently demarcated in terms of the other instruments? In, in, in other words, why would they, for instance, not heed your advice from a systemic perspective, not because there's a lack of respect in relation to what you're doing, but I mean, what are the challenges in ensuring that, for instance, human settlements going forward do not 
get in harm's way. And I'm especially minded to suggest this because you always have this inherent problem in, in, in land use of illegal squatting, unfortunately, or if that is not the appropriate term, just the growth that is unfortunately not being met in time by the municipal developments or the public sector developments where people need to move on and out and spread their wings, this becomes more and more of a challenge, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and so from more and more, uh, the municipalities are really starting to pay attention uh, to the value of uh, geotechnical assessments before any development is done. Um, and, and that must be done in a lot more detail. So it must find expression uh, in any development plan. So these, and, and legislation now exists uh, that says that you shall do uh, you know, these type of uh, geological studies before any development is, uh, is, is done. Whereas you know, before, the, the processes were a little bit, uh, a little bit lax. Uh, so going forward, you know, regulations are pretty clear on what needs to be done uh, on areas related to dolomite uh, uh, before development is done. And, and the, the Council for Geoscience um, reviews all the geotechnical reports um, that uh, are done even by private consultants mm. um, so that when the advice uh, come, goes to the municipalities, they can be assured uh, that you know proper advice uh, has been received from the council for geotechnology. So going forward, um, um, that's, this, is, this is the process. Unfortunately, we obviously have legacy issues mm. but, you know, where things were not necessarily done properly and we are dealing with you know, these type of... Uh, uh, problems and, and you, you you know you see quite a bit of them you know in, in places in the uh, in the west end unfortunately excellent yeah there are certainly problems there and i would have wanted us to actually get into some of the core issues around effective use of mines and underground trade that is taking place there i don't want to say zamazamas as as that that would just narrow the discussion but in terms of their re- from an environmental perspective certainly the effective and efficient use of mines and the rehabilitation of the environment and the restoration of the land and the integrity thereof unfortunately we don't have the time but my goodness you you certainly did pick my interest thanks so much dr cause i much appreciate for your time man absolutely good evening good evening dr david cause executive manager for integrated geosciences development at CGS, Council for Geoscience. After this conversation, we're taking a break and we go to Reverend Muiselo Stemela, Head of Media and Stakeholder Relations at Sadiko. after this.